Alright, welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. We are finally live from the hot tub. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I am joined here by my co-hosts, Benjamin Schmidt and Colin Hansel. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Matt's Ladders and Step Stools. Uh, this one goes out to all our uh, shorter viewers out there. Uh, many places around the house too high to reach, and you need a quality step stool that won't fall underneath you. Um, ladders get in high places. These are the most durable, reliable, high-quality ladders and step stools on the market. Visit www.mattsladdersandstepstools.com. I repeat, www.mattsladdersandstepstools.com. Thank you. Big shout-out to Matt's Ladders. All right. First thing I want to get into is we're, we're a little late, but I want to talk about the NFL midseason awards. We're going to talk about MVPs, possible coach of the years, offense, defensive, rookie of the years, players like that. Let's start with the big one, the MVPs. Well, this one has really changed me in the last couple of weeks because the first, I would say, six or seven weeks, I was all on the Russell Wilson hype train. But he has had a lot of turnovers recently, and I think that's really going to hurt his stock. And plus, on top of that, Patrick Mahomes has been awesome. Like Another great game last night against the Raiders, especially that game-winning drive. I believe he only threw one incompletion that whole drive and then finding Kelsey for the game-winning touchdown. So as of right now, I think I'm going to go with Mahomes. I think it's a tight race. I think Wilson is definitely still in the race. I think Kyler has a shot at it. I don't Thursday didn't necessarily help his chances. Didn't play great against Seattle. But right now, I just think Patrick Mahomes is playing so unbelievably well. I believe it's only two interceptions all year, and both of them were against the Raiders. So Patrick Mahomes has been insane. The, the turnovers recently and the couple losses for Wilson, I think it's going to hurt his stock. And plus, if, if Seattle doesn't end up winning their division, I think that will also hurt them as well. Because a lot of times you see the MVP as a one or two seed, and the Chiefs are going to end up being that. So... I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes right now. I think without a doubt, um, right now's MVP is Patrick Mahomes. He has 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Chiefs are 9-1. Getting a number one seed would definitely help his case. But I think in a normal season, you know, we expect so much out of Pat Mahomes, especially after his his, uh, 50 touchdowns, 5,000-yard, whatever it was, season. Um. I think we have such high expectations for him. If this was any other player, he'd be the runaway MVP right now. So I'm going to go with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I think sooner or later, Patrick Mahomes is going to end up getting like the LeBron James treatment, where year in and year out, he is the best player in the league. So that's why he's always going to be considered for the MVP. But I think with Russell Wilson struggling the last couple games and Kyler on prime time, not playing as well, that's really going to hurt his stock. And Aaron Rodgers, um, struggling, and he's been he's been a very streaky player. In his good games, he's been good, and in his bad games, he's been bad. So I think I have to agree with you guys. I think Patrick Mahomes is the runaway MVP. Now for Coach of the Year, this one's a little interesting. This one, you can give it to Mike Tomlin of the Steelers. You can give it to. Uh, uh, the Dolphins guy. What's the Dolphins guy? Brian, Brian Flores. Flores. Brian yep. Flores, yep. And you can even give it to Sean Payton, dealing with, with no Mike Thomas, Drew Brees now being hurt, all of that. What do you guys think? This is a tough one for me because I think, like you said, there's a lot of really good candidates. I think right now you got to go Mike Thomas just because of the fact that the Stewards haven't even lost a game, and that's a team. I know they didn't have Big Ben last year, but that team didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, he's got their defense on another level. They have a 
I guess they have a way they want to run their offense, and they're very good at it. It's not the best offense, but they know what they do well, and it's been working for them. So I'm a big Brian Flores supporter. I've been since since last year when he got hired in Miami. I just think the fact that the Steelers are 10-0 and and how good Mike Tomlin has been for really the last decade or so for the Steelers, I think this year, if if the Steelers finish the season strong like they have started, I think it's going to be Mike Thomas. But I don't think this one is by any means a runaway. Like I think a lot of candidates are neck and neck at this point. Yeah, if you're going to go Mike Tomlin, I'm going to make a case for uh, Brian Flores because I think he definitely deserves the respect, especially if Miami were to make the playoffs. I think Brian Flores is a very strong case. Um, you look at the Dolphins last year, started off, I don't know when they got their first win, but some were saying, some were yeah. saying after the first couple of weeks they were the, one of the worst teams in NFL history. Um, Brian Flores comes in from the Patriots. Um, a lot of questions surrounding him. Even our good friend Matt Schultz, Patriots fan, did not like him in New England. So, I mean, he had the doubt that's a lot of uh, that's around a lot of Belichick disciples. I mean, how many of of former Belichick guys really turn out to be good head coaches? And that's why I think he had a lot of the doubt. But he's right, wrong. Right. And I, you look at Miami this year. They've they've been great on every side of the ball. Um, especially their defense has been outstanding. I think they have the best special teams in the league as well. Um, they've been very effective on that side of the ball. And he's really just changed the entire culture there. I mean, Miami's in a position now where they're still only a game out of the uh, division lead. And I think, you know, they get Bills week 17. They have a chance. And, I mean, the, the turn, I've never seen a turnaround like this. Miami, you could say, is still in the amidst a rebuild. And they have so many draft picks coming up, including the Texans next year. And, uh, yeah, I, I love their future, and I think Brian Flores is well-deserved of at least being a Coach of the Year candidate. And I think I think the case for Mike Tomlin, the issue with that is the big knock on the Steelers so far this year is that they've had a very weak schedule. They've had wins against the Ravens and the Titans that were good, legitimate wins, but after that, we've seen how flawed the Ravens and Titans are, and right now, those two teams are even battling for a playoff spot, so we're not even sure if those are two legitimate wins. The issue with Mike Tomlin winning the uh, coach of the year, which I think he will, is that um, they, the Steelers don't have an incredibly tough schedule the rest of the way. I know they have the Ravens next week. And after that, it, I mean, you have the Browns week 17, which at that point the Steelers might not be playing for anything. So that might be their only loss this year. Um, if they get past the Ravens on Thursday, they could definitely make a run at 16 and 0. Yeah. And so I think if. If Mike Tomlin can win and the Steelers can win Thanksgiving against the Ravens, I think it's I think it's all said and done. If the Dolphins, like Colin was saying, if they can somehow manage to beat the Bills out for the division, I think Brian Flores wins it easy. But do not sleep on Sean Payton. I think he has a legitimate shot. If the Steelers can get that number one seed, especially playing games without their number one quarterback, Drew Brees, and Mike, Tom- Mike Thomas for about half the year. So I think guys that can win offensive and defense rookie of the years, I'm just going to list them out. I think Justin Herbert has lit the world on fire so far. You can make the case for Joe Burrow. The knee injury is terrible. I think without having those last handful of games towards the end of the season will hurt his chances. Um, But you can even throw guys in there like Justin Jefferson, who have had a really good year. Ben, I know that might be your pick. And then you also have CeeDee Lamb, who's been very – very streaky for the Cowboys, but also very solid. And then for Defensive Rookie of the Year, 
Um, I know there's a couple guys, but I know Chase Young has been so good and so crucial for that defensive line for the Washington football team. And they still have a shot to win the division. All right, so I kind of want to talk about offensive rookie of the year first. Um, a couple of the guys that you mentioned. First of all, with Burrow, devastating knee injury because he made that Bengals team so much more fun to watch. I think for most of us the last couple of years, you would turn on that game when you knew what you were going to see with Andy Dalton and the Bengals. There was going to be a lot of blowouts, not a lot of close games. But now with Burrow, as bad as that defense is, he was keeping them in games because he had such good chemistry with receivers, and he's just a really good quarterback in general. So you knew that they were going to light it up on that side of the ball. But now I think with this knee injury and he's going to be missing whatever it is the last six or seven games, I think that effectively takes him out of the race. I just don't think you can miss as much time as he will and still be in the rookie of the year race, kind of like the whole Zion thing in the NBA. But um, second second guy I want to talk about with Jefferson, he has been a, such a good receiver, especially in Minnesota where they needed a receiver after getting rid of Diggs. But I just don't think it's it's not really a receiver award unless it's just really weak quarterback play. And as good as Justin Herbert's been, I think that award has to be his right now. He, ever since stepping in in week two, I believe he has at least two touchdowns in every single game he's played in. Maybe there might be one, but I believe he has at least two touchdowns in every game. And even though it's not translating to wins, he has kept them in all their games. And just the way he's played at such like an early level in his career looks so pro-ready. I think that one LA has their QB the future, which hopefully will get some fans interested in that team because we know how much trouble they have selling tickets. So hopefully fans will show out to watch Justin Herbert in the future. But two, I think that's his award to lose at this point in time, unless he were to just fall off a cliff these next couple weeks. Yeah, I got to agree with Ben on that one. Uh, although Joe Burrow has been outstanding, um, I think he has, I think he's I think he's the truth for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I hope he can recover well from that injury. It's brutal to see. He's one of the last guys you want to see that happen to. But uh, Justin Herbert has been outstanding all year. Um, the Chargers finally found. Actually, it didn't take long for them to find their Philip Rivers replacement. Um, Herbert's already one of the best quarterbacks in the league all year. Um, he's he's getting me like 30 fantasy points a game. Love the guy. Um, my former Oregon Duck. But Ben's right. Um, although it's not translating to wins, I believe they're three and seven. Uh, the Chargers are in every single game, and it's it's a trend we've seen in the past where every one of their losses is by one possession. Eventually, these are going to turn into wins. I mean, they've had they've been roughed up on defense quite a bit this year. Uh, Derwin James has missed the whole season. Um, they traded away Desmond King. They're still trying to figure out their secondary a little bit. And uh, Bosa's been a little roughed up. So I like this Chargers team a lot for the future. Um, they're in good hands under Herbert. And I just want to also mention uh, Chase Claypool, although I don't think he's deserving of a Rookie of the Year award. Um, he is the leading receiver on a 10-0 football team. And he has 10 touchdowns now, I believe, which is one of the most in the NFL. So you got to give him some props. Uh, he definitely deserves a shout-out. Um, and then finally, just real quick over the defensive player of the year, and kind of like the whole Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP, which I think we're going to hear every year until he retires. I think Aaron Donald, um, not having the best year of his career, but still the force on that um, Los Angeles Rams defense. That defense... A lot of defenses this year are struggling, but the Rams' defense has been very good. They added Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey. 
I mean, the way he locked down DK two weeks ago, uh, Jalen Ramsey is back to being one of the best corners in the NFL, and Aaron Donald is the best player on one of the better defenses this year. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be, like like you said, the Aaron Donald award for at least a foreseeable future. I think Aaron Donald, outside of maybe Patrick Mahomes, is the first or second best player in all the NFL. Um, I don't think it's an unfair statement to call him either one or two outside of Patrick Mahomes. But I just... It's crazy because he's playing good, but it's just he's not playing up to his crazy standards, which for any other guy in the NFL, this would be an awesome season. It's just how good he usually is. But still, I think his downfall, I guess his his worst seasons, is still good enough to win defensive player of the year. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with that. I, I think Aaron Donald is definitely at least in the top three potential defensive player of the year candidates. The other two, keep an eye on the uh, AFC North. Miles Garrett and TJ Watt are having career years. TJ Watt, you talk about Aaron Donald being the best uh, player on one of the best defenses. TJ Watt is the best player on the best defense in the NFL. So I think he deserves some props. His nine sacks this year, uh, even as a pick, he's so disruptive if you watch any Steelers game. Um, and Miles Garrett, too. I mean, he had his incident last season with against the Steelers, got suspended for the rest of the season, and he's came back strong. Miles um, Garrett's having the best season of his career, former number one pick. He actually leads the NFL in sacks at nine and a half, I believe. So those are two other guys I think are uh, deserving. And the thing about TJ Watt is that you can use him in multiple different spots, whether it's on the defensive line or as a linebacker, and that's one of those things. Like Such a versatile player makes him so good. So... I think you're right. I wasn't even thinking of his name for a second. I was blanking and trying to think of candidates. But I think he's definitely in the conversation. I don't think this is going to be as tight of a race as some of the other awards. But um, TJ Watt has had a very good season. Like you said, best defensive player on the best defense, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with that, with the midseason awards being wrapped up, let's go over how we think the NFL is going to play out. I want to know your guys' opinions on all the division winners, the wild card spots, and then what team you think is going to represent each conference. Maybe throw in a Super Bowl pick. I will get us started. Out of the AFC, I think the division winners are going to be the Steelers. I think they have an actual shot at going 16-0, which is insane because I think if you look back to all the other 16-0 football teams we've seen, the Dolphins and the Patriots, I think this is, I don't want to say the worst, but... They were more powerhouses. They were more powerhouses, exactly. I think out of the AFC South, it's going to be a close race. But I do think the mm, – it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But I think I'm going to go with the Colts. I think they're just playing the best. The Titans do have a semi-tough schedule, and so do the Colts. I think the Colts actually have a tougher schedule. They play each other in like a week or two, right? Yeah. So that'll be a big yeah. game. It'll be a big game. I think I think it'll eventually be a toss-up. And whoever wins that game quite potentially – could win, but I think with uh, the defense for the Colts being so good and the Colts having a lot of weapons, and we, we've seen the Titans. They have been they're, – they're flawed. They're flawed. I don't want to say frauds, but they are flawed. Out of the AFC East, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, and then the West, I'm obviously going to go with the, or the uh, Chiefs. Excuse me. And then I think the wild card winners – now, this is tough. Because it's very there's there's about a good five or six teams that could get those three spots. I was looking at straight the schedule, and I think the teams that are going to get those three spots are the Raiders. I think the uh, 
whoever doesn't win the AFC South, I think the other one will get in there, and I think the Ravens as well. I think the Ravens do have the easiest schedule out of all of them. I mean, I out of their four division winners, I think three out of the four are are really the only one that I think is a toss up is like you said is Titans Colts and I think really the Titans have to win that head to head matchup in a week or two whenever it is to really really have a shot. Um, I think the other three are pretty pretty like definite shots. Um, Chiefs after winning against the Raiders last night pretty much have that division, and then we know the Steelers being undefeated. AFC East. I like Buffalo. I like Miami too. I just think Miami's a year or two away. Like they're they're good, but they they just need another draft or two. Um and I just think that Buffalo is kind of is kind of ready to win that division at this point. But I don't know. I keep going back to the AFC South. I really like Tennessee's when AJ Brown is hot, he's a really good receiver, but we'll see games where they just don't throw him the ball enough, which is really weird to me. And their defense also just isn't very good, which is the which is one of the biggest strengths for the Colts so that's like they both have big strengths and big weaknesses so I really just think it's going to come down to whoever wins this upcoming matchup I know it'll be in Indy Indy will be at home um with the limited fans that they're allowing so that's the biggest toss-up for me for the wild cards I really like the Raiders like you said I think they went toe-to-toe with the defending Super Bowl champions last night and if they could have played an ounce of defense would have came away with a win there and we saw them beat them early this season so I think the Raiders sneak in um it's tough. It really is. I think I want to say Miami finds a way to grab a wild card spot, but I just don't know if they're ready yet. So I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with the same three that you did. I'm gonna go with Baltimore, and I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna say Tennessee doesn't win the division. They grab you the wild card spot. I completely agree with you guys. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win their division. Their most, their uh, scariest game looking ahead at their schedule on their quest to sixteen and zero is actually the Buffalo Bills. They have to go on the road to Buffalo Sunday night football, December 13th. That's a huge game for them, and I think that's their most uh, – that's the uh, scariest game left on their schedule. They're going to win that division. Kansas City is also going to win their division after the win over Vegas last night, and I think Buffalo is going to wrap up theirs as well. They have some tough games coming up. I mean, the Chargers aren't easy. Uh, they have to play Pittsburgh, and they got to close it out at Miami. Or I'm sorry, no, it's in Buffalo, right? In Buffalo. Yeah, they close it out in Buffalo against Miami. Um, that could ultimately decide the division, but I think Buffalo is going to have that wrapped up. And like you guys said, the Colts-Titans is definitely a toss-up. Um, it's really tough, especially looking at how well the Colts played them last time a couple weeks ago. Um, but the Colts do have a tough schedule. They have to go to Vegas, they have to go to Pittsburgh, um, they have to go to Houston, Deshaun Watson just had his best game of the season, and uh, you're, you guys are right, it's ultimately going to come down to whoever wins this upcoming week, I'm actually going to go with the Tennessee Titans though, I think um, they're going to look, I think they're going to be well prepared after uh, their loss last time, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was a close game, they had a special teams fumble, they might have had two fumbles that kind of gave the game away I think they're gonna come back strong after their big win at Baltimore and I think they're gonna take that division I also agree with you guys on the wild cards I think Vegas although they still have some tough games coming up they do have games against the Colts and Miami which will probably ultimately decide who gets the wild cards I think they really proved themselves last night I think they should be feeling good about the rest of their season that's probably the best loss you can have is four points to the defending champs 
and I also agree that Baltimore and who is it? Baltimore and the loser of the AFC South will be the other wild cards. And the reason I don't include the uh, Cleveland Browns is because I don't think they've, although they've had, they're on a little winning streak, they've been playing a lot of bad weather games. They've only won by a few points. I think Baltimore's going to turn it around, and if it's, again, it's like the Colts-Titans, it's going to come down to that head-to-head matchup. I need to see more out of Baker Mayfield for me to feel confident that they can win in a normal weather game. We've seen them get absolutely boat raced by both Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So in these bigger games that are com- coming to them at the end of the season, I don't really have a whole, like, their strategy is to run the ball and get a lead. So if, if the other team gets out to lead and Baker Mayfield has to pass them back into it, I don't have a whole lot of confidence. I don't even think he's averaging 200 passing yards a game. So that's what scares me about that team. I know they have a good record. Um, I don't totally know what their schedule looks like. I know they still have to play both Pittsburgh and Baltimore again, so that'll be tough for them. Um, but like I said, you, they've been playing some really bad weather games recently. It was pouring yesterday. They, um, they really were able to benefit off that and just run the ball. So I don't t- totally trust Cleveland. Another reason I don't like Cleveland to uh, make the playoffs, despite their 7-3 and three record, is because of who they have to play and who they're going up against. I mean... If they're competing with Vegas for the wild card, Vegas does have the head-to-head tiebreaker. And if they're also competing with a team like the Tennessee Titans, uh, they do have to play at Tennessee still, and I like Tennessee in that game. So I think Cleveland should be rooting for the Titans to win their division because they do have the head-to-head win over the Colts. All right, let's move over to the NFC. I think the Packers are going to run away with the North easily. Um... The Saints, I think, will end up winning the South, even even though I think the Buccaneers are the better team. I think out of the West, the Seahawks are going to win it. Their defense is playing a little better each game. Um, they're getting turnovers a lot more, so I think they will end up winning the division. Now for the wild cards, I think, or I forgot about the NFC Beast. The NFC Beast, I do think Washington, it was my pick, Earlier in the year, I do think they're going to sneaky win it. Their defense is probably the best unit in that entire division. And I think that will come up clutch. They do have games against the Cowboys where I do think they will beat the Cowboys. And their two losses of the Giants will hurt. But I do think the Washington football team will beat out the Giants and the Eagles and the Cowboys in the NFC Beast. And for the wild cards, I think it will be two teams out of the West as most, most most people would think. I think it'll be the Cardinals and the Rams. And then the Buccaneers, who I think right now are the best team in the NFC, even though right now I think they're losing to the Rams. Are they losing? It is. Uh, we're knotted up. At, oh, Rams just took the lead, 24-17. 24-17. I do think the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC. It is really tough because... First of all, the NFC is a much worse conference right now than the AFC, which is crazy to think because last year we had three 13-win NFC teams. But just this year, for whatever reason, the NFC just does not have a powerhouse. And it changes every week. A couple weeks ago it was Seattle, then it was Green Bay. Now Saints, I believe, have the number one spot. So it changes every week. Um, I think the North, like you said, is going to belong to the Packers. I think the Vikings had a chance if they would have won yesterday and got to 5-5 five and five, just because the Vikings – Split with the Packers had a good division record, or do have a good division record, but falling to four and six effectively takes them out of that race. Um, the South, I also believe, I think the Saints are going to be okay without um, 
without Drew Brees just because they have such a good scheme with Kamara and Michael Thomas that they'll be able to hold out these next couple games. So they'll win that division. West is tough. I This is big tonight for the Rams because if they win, they really solidify themselves. I mean, they went 4-0 against the NFC East. That's four of their six wins. But if they can beat Tampa Bay, that really proves that they, they're a pretty decent team. I still think Seattle, like you said, defense is getting better, especially when they get Chris Carson back. We see how much better Russell Wilson has been with a running game. I think Seattle in the end gets that division. I think Arizona's going to be good in maybe another year or two when they get some sort of a defense, but they don't have one right now. And then wild card is tough. I would have said Minnesota would have grabbed one if you would have asked me two days ago, but now I'm not so sure because the defense has reverted back into terrible. Um, I think I think the Rams, if Seattle was a division, I think the Rams grab a wild card spot. No one from the NFC East is grabbing a wild card spot. I think we all know that. And I don't think anyone from the North is either. So I'm going to go ahead and give the other wild card spot to Arizona. And then, um, I almost forgot, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to get a wild card spot. And they could really make some noise in the playoffs. I know they're 0-2 against New Orleans, and they have suffered on primetime. But we all know the talent that Tampa Bay has on their roster. So I think just because even if they're a wild card team, they're still a contender just because there's no there's no like top-heavy team in the NFC. And who's your NFC East team? Oh, I almost forgot. I am still going to go with the New York Giants. Yeah, that great division. I'm going to go with New York just because I think... I know it's not been against great teams, but I really think Daniel Jones is kind of starting to turn that corner. We've seen him play more turnover-free football. I don't like Dallas, even though they looked good yesterday. Um, But it's also the same Andy Dalton who couldn't do anything against Washington just three weeks ago. And I I just don't love Washington because I don't feel like they can score enough on offense. I feel like New York has a good enough has a good enough defense, and I like the way Daniel Jones has been playing. So I'm going to take New York to win that one, but literally all, all four teams could still win that. Yeah, I, I got uh, in the NFC North, I got Green Bay. Um, I think they're going to beat down Chicago this weekend. They have a pretty much a chokehold in that division. Uh, I got New Orleans winning their division. Uh, they're a game up on the Bucks right now. The Bucks are down right now, and uh, they have the tiebreaker. They beat them twice. So I think New Orleans is, uh, and Taysom Hill looked pretty good. So I think New Orleans has uh, good control over that division. The uh, NFC West, I'm going to take Seattle. They have a fairly easy schedule coming up. They have Philly, the two New Yorks, and Washington. Uh, Their defense has really started to look good last weekend, or this past weekend. The addition of Carlos Dunlap was huge for them. And NFC East, I'm actually going to go Dallas. They've Dallas has looked decent the past couple weeks. They're playing Pittsburgh. They lost by five. They just beat Minnesota. They didn't look that terrible. And coming up, uh, they probably have the easiest schedule of all those NFC East teams. You guys went with New York and Washington, I believe. They both have tough, tough schedules coming up. So I'm going to go Dallas. They have some winnable games. If they have Andy Dalton at quarterback, I think they're capable of winning the division. And my wild cards... I don't think it's much of a question. I think it's going to be Tampa. Um, I think it's going to be the Rams. And I think it's going to be Arizona. Assuming those two NFC West teams don't win their division, I got them in the wild card. I just don't think Chicago has any chance at all with their quarterback controversy. Um, also, Mitch being injured. They might not have Mitch or Foles. They, they might be starting Kyle Slaughter next weekend. Let's go. You know, 
Didn't you go to a wedding with? Oh no, my my Your cousin family. my cousin went to a wedding with Kyle Slaughter, so we got family connections over there. There you go. The Bears do have. It's possible they have Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville to play, um, but I think I think Arizona and LA are much better teams. All right, and then to quickly wrap this up, who do you guys think are is going to be the represent the AFC and the NFC in the Super Bowl? Oof. AFC, I still think Kansas City is the best team. I think the AFC Championship will be Pittsburgh, Kansas City. I just don't think as good as as good as Pittsburgh defense is. I still think Kansas City will find a way to score a lot of points, and I think too many points for Pittsburgh's offense to keep up with. And just Patrick Mahomes playing so good this year, like is is possibly even better than he has the last couple of years. He's been awesome. So I think Kansas City comes out of the AFC, and just plus I don't I don't love Pittsburgh anyway. But NFC is definitely the tougher decision just because, like I said earlier, there is no like, clear favorite. Right now, I think the Saints, if they get healthier, Michael Thomas is now back. And then if Drew Brees is healthy at the end of the year, I think the Saints have a real shot. They're on a big winning streak right now. And as much as they've choked in the playoffs the last couple years, I think this year, maybe Drew Brees' final year, they go out at least with a trip to the Super Bowl. You know, in the AFC, it's really tough for me. Um, I think Kansas City is the favorite right now. I'm going to go with Kansas City, although I don't see what's not to love about Pittsburgh. They're averaging 30 a game. They have the best defense in the NFL. Um, If Big Ben's healthy, I don't see why not, especially if they get the home field advantage in the playoffs, which I'm not sure they will. But if they do, they're going to be hard to beat. The only other team I can see beating the Chiefs is... I mean, I'm a little biased, but I think the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, they're the only team to beat them this year. They can keep, they, they're they one of the only teams that can keep up with them offensively. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And NFC is really tough for me because we have a lot of uncertainty around Drew Brees right now. However, the Saints the past two years with Bridgewater and Taysom Hill are 6-0 and without Drew Brees in games where Brees doesn't start. I think... If New Orleans can secure that number one seed, I think they're my pick out of the NFC. I think they're going to win that division. Uh, Taysom Hill didn't look bad. He was on point with Michael Thomas. Um, and I mean, if Kamara can stay healthy now that they have Michael Thomas back for the rest of the year, I think the Saints are my pick. Um, the only thing that might change my opinion on that is if Seattle's defense can continue to improve. If they can continue to improve... I mean, they had a rough start to the year. Um, I'll give Seattle a good chance as well. Now, I got I got some hot takes. I got some steaming hot takes. I think the winner of the NFC and to represent the Super Bowl, I think is the winner of this Monday Night Football game. I think wow. the two, I mean, looking at it right now, whoever's going to represent the NFC is going to be the hottest going into the playoffs. So I think the Rams, who they have not had that big signature win, which tonight could be very well be that signature win. The Rams' defense has been very underrated, as well as their offense. And I think with the Buccaneers, if the Buccaneers make the Super Bowl, it'll be the first time Tampa Bay, or it'll be the first time the team hosting the Super Bowl will be playing in the Super Bowl. So I think that's a big factor. And then in the AFC... This is 100% biased, but I think Buffalo, if their defense, their defense that has looked better the last couple of weeks and continue to stay hot. Huh? That defense, the defense that grew up the Hail Mary. They win the game except that one play. The one play. 
one play. But I think Buffalo and whoever wins this Monday Night Football game will be in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. With Buffalo, I mean, one concern I have is there a couple of their – there's the Arizona loss. Their other two losses were games at Tennessee and at home against Kansas City, neither in which the weather was in favorable conditions. I know you talk about Buffalo weather, but do you really – do you think the Bills are built to play in that cold weather? I think what will end up benefiting them is that Buffalo – not won't have the one or two seed, which means after they win, assuming they do win the wild card game, they won't be home for the divisional or the championship rounds, which I think you're right. They are not built. They do not run the ball whatsoever, which I think could possibly change the next couple of weeks. They're getting some linemen back, and their defense is starting to get healthy. Trey Edmonds has been hurt throughout the entire season, and I think the bye week is going to help his health. But I do think Buffalo will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. All right, let's talk a little bit college football. I know you guys aren't the biggest college football guys, but I just want to go off listing my top 10, my DP AP poll top 10. I think the consensus is right. The top four teams, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. I have that in that, that order. And five through 10, I have Cincinnati, who's still undefeated, Florida and Texas A&M, who they haven't played the last couple, or they didn't play last week, and I don't. one of the two teams didn't play the week before. Uh, A&M. A&M. They have a little COVID issue going. Northwestern is sneaky good, and I shouldn't even say sneaky. They're 5-0 and they beat Wisconsin, but their defense, I think, is better than Georgia's. I think it's the best in the country, and their offense... I mean, they didn't look great against Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's got a pretty solid defense, I'm pretty sure. Not 100% sure. And then I also have BYU and Oregon rounding out the top 10. Um, I think looking at the college football playoffs, I think it's still going to be Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. But if one of those teams lose, I'd be interested to see if the committee decides to bump in Cincinnati. Do we... I mean, you, you got it. I was going to say, do we know when the committee releases their first rankings? I oh, feel like it's right around this it's time. It's got to be sometime yeah. soon. Yeah. Some, somewhere soon. Maybe maybe after Thanksgiving. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be really tough for these top four to change just because of the way the rest of their seasons play out. Ohio State just had their quote-unquote toughest matchup against number nine, Indiana, who let them get back into a game that they shouldn't have been in. But um, either way, the only way I see Ohio State falling out of the top top four is if they were to lose the Big Ten championship to a team like Northwestern, which as good as Northwestern has been, I think Ohio State's kind of just on another level. I think just I think if those two teams match up, it won't really be even close. So I think Ohio State wins that. Clemson, I think they might beat Notre Dame if they have Trevor Lawrence. Um, and then I think Bama. We we know that they're gonna run away with the with the with the SEC. Um, Mac Jones playing at an unbelievable level, Heisman candidate, and then Notre Dame. Like I said, even though they didn't have Lawrence, that's still a big win against Clemson. Um, I'm not ever the biggest Notre Dame fan because I feel like every time they get into the tournament, they get exposed because they don't play a tough regular season, and then when they do get in, they get exposed. But I think this team is really good this year, so they'll find their way in. It's really tough because I do like Cincy. It's just going to be, unless one of those top four loses their conference or has a, has a bad loss, I think it's going to be tough for Cincy to find their way in. Same with Northwestern, unless Northwestern wins the Big Ten. So 
I think this year more than ever, it's it's pretty clear what our top four is going to be. In the in the previous years, we've kind of had a debate. Like you always have the the first two out. Right. I think this year it's tough, and unless one of those top four really screws up. Yeah, I don't. I'm not seeing. I'm not envisioning a scenario in which since he gets into the college football playoff, although they might be somewhat deserving of it, because when you look at it, you have Alabama, who I'm not certain is going to win the SEC. They have Auburn and Arkansas coming up, which they should win, but I think they're. Uh, eventually going to face Florida most likely in the SEC championship barring something crazy and I'm telling you Florida maybe out of any team in the country proposes the biggest challenge towards Alabama the only game we've seen Alabama struggling this year is against Ole Miss the only reason they struggled is because Ole Miss's offense exposed them they kind of set out a blueprint of how you can beat Bama not necessarily because Ole Miss is not the greatest team but they do have a stellar offense I think Florida is one of the best offenses in the country. And I was going to ask you about this. My Heisman pick right now would be Kyle Trask. I love it. I love Florida the pick. quarterback. I love the pick. I think he's the best quarterback in the country. And I think that offense can beat Alabama. So I can't wait for that matchup. That would be the best the best conference championship matchup by far. Oh, yeah. Easy. Because that would be the only one I think that would be a real actual matchup. I think the other ones would be heavy favorites for the Ohio State team or Clemson like that. And, and I'll tell you what, the only team Florida lost to, they lost by three to Texas A&M. A&M's still in the playoff picture. And if you get to, in a scenario at the end of the year where you have a one-loss Texas A&M team, you have an undefeated Cincinnati team, and let's say an undefeated Oregon team, maybe even an undefe- or a one-loss uh, ACC team. How do you go about that? It's it's really tough. It's tough. It's tough. I think um, the winner of the Clemson Notre Dame game is obviously going to get in. If Notre Dame were to lose that game, I think they still get in because of their win over Clemson earlier in the season, um, and they would have the best loss out of all the candidates. I think that would rank above Cincinnati's winless season. And you look at a potential one-loss A&M, I mean, can you justify that over a conference champion Cincinnati? I don't know. I think this year more than ever, those on-the-bubble teams are going to get screwed just because of the fact of the way the schedules were planned out and there's not going to be as much evidence to try and bump them up over a powerhouse. I think... Um, I think those on the bubble teams have to know that, that just because of the way this whole COVID thing worked out, that it's going to be a lot harder this year. And like you said, I think the best way for, for something crazy to happen would be if Florida gets into the SEC championship and exposes Alabama, which still, we could if Alabama were to lose the SEC championship, we could still see the committee put them in as a one-loss team. They've done it before, yeah. and it wouldn't surprise me. Right, yeah. and you, I, I mean, all the teams that I listed, you still have, a BYU team that's going to be 10 and 0 most likely after next week. They do not have a conference championship, but I mean, you got 10 and 0 BYU with a stud quarterback. You also could potentially have an undefeated Oregon team. How do you go about that? They didn't look great last week. They struggled against UCLA. So I think if they were to make it in, their wins would have to start getting more convincing. But you got to look at teams like that too that could potentially sneak in. If the college football Season was to end right now, and the four, the top four teams stay where it is. Who are you picking to win the Natty? That's a that's a tough one, just because I think there's every team that has flaws, and we've seen them be exposed. I mean, we saw even Ohio State won their second half of defense, and the turnovers for them was pretty atrocious against Indiana. There's no reason that that game should have been a one touchdown game. 
we saw Clemson's defense let up touchdown and touchdown over and over again to Notre Dame. And then Alabama had a really close one against Ole Miss. So it's it's tough for me to say. I think I think if they get in, Nick Saban is gonna coach his way to another national championship just because one, I don't I don't love Clemson. Um with with some of the players they've lost between last year and this year. And Ohio State is just tough for me because I don't think they have the, as much competition as SEC Alabama does, so I don't think they'll be as prepared. So it, it's tough, but I don't think there's a clear favorite. I think I think as of now, I would have to go with Alabama. I mean, you're talking about an offense average, averaging 50 a game. They have the most convincing wins out of any team. Uh, they smoked a number four Georgia. They smoked... Uh, who is now at the number five, Texas A&M. Um, so I think Alabama for sure would be my pick right now. I mean, I don't want to underestimate Notre Dame's win against the number one Clemson team despite losing Trevor Lawrence because uh, what's their backup's name? I can't think of his Uwe name. Longa or something. Yeah, he's, he did play great. And he's so, going to be great for them in the future when Lawrence correct. leaves. So I don't want to underestimate uh, – I don't want to undervalue Notre DJ, Dame's win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ohio State does worry worry me a little bit. Fields uh, proved to be vulnerable last weekend. Three interceptions. Uh, Indiana was in that game, even, although they are a good Indiana team. Um, but yeah, you got to keep an eye on that. And another thing, I'm not I'm not a big Northwestern guy, but let's envision a scenario in which I don't think this would ever happen but they could potentially win out and beat Ohio State and get into the playoffs. A win over Ohio State, I think, would put them in the playoffs. Could you easily. imagine a Northwestern team against Alabama? Like, that would be one of the worst. I, w- I would want to say they get smoked, but it's still a possible – I mean, it's it's only like an eight-game Big Ten season, so it's definitely possible. Right. And I just – I think with Northwestern, if there's a team that's going to beat Ohio State, I think it's Northwestern with that good of a defense. I think Justin Fields – He's going to be the second quarterback off the board in the draft. There's no question about that. However, I do think there is some flaws with him, and we saw him not be exposed by Indiana, but Indiana was able to keep him close, and I think Northwestern's defense will keep it a low-scoring game, and I think that's why Northwestern would have a chance. But right now, to, to win the Big Ten, I would still say it's Ohio State. I think to win the Natty, I think Bamba's the favorite, but I think... And I think it's just going to be one of those Cinderella stories where – I shouldn't say Cinderella stories, but one of those stories where Trevor Lawrence comes back from the whole COVID issue and is able to win Clemson, another natty in his final year. I think right now I would have to pick Clemson. We could definitely see a Clemson-Alabama matchup for what feels like the eighth year in a row. It feels like they play every time they get in the college football exactly. playoff. That would be a very good national championship Um Real quick, Con, do you know, does Northwestern play Indiana? They don't, do they? They do not. So Northwestern's toughest matchup the rest of the way would be Ohio State if they get to the Big Ten Championship, correct? Yeah, and their path to the Big Ten Championship is looking pretty nice right now. They are 5-0 and in the conference. Wisconsin is only 2-1. and um, They have wins over Wisconsin and Iowa and Purdue now, so I don't see any way in which they don't win the Big Ten West. So, you're right. Their toughest game ahead would surely be the Big Ten Conference yeah, Championship. Well, getting, getting past Wisconsin was huge for them because that kind of – unless they just have a fluke game where they just fall flat on their face, they kind of locked in their spot in Indy if if that's where the Big Ten Championship gets played because of the little COVID thing. And I, I do want to um, throw this out here. 
uh, looking ahead to next weekend, I think potential upset alert, you got Notre Dame going to North Carolina. North Carolina's defense stinks, but they did put up 59 last week against Wake Forest. I think their offense might be able to keep up with Notre Dame. It might be a trap game. Just keep an eye on that. I'm throwing that out there. All right, and then with college basketball starting Wednesday, I want to list my top 10 teams, and I want to hear some of your guys, maybe not favorites to win the tournament because we're still so far out, but teams you like going into the season. My top four teams are about the same as everyone else's. I I actually do have Baylor at number one. They were very good to end last year, and I think they kept most of their players. Um, So I love Baylor to be number one. Gonzaga is always going to be up there. They always find a way to be within the top two spots of the AP poll. I like Virginia and Nova at three and four. And then five through ten, I have, in order, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Kentucky, Duke, and Kansas. Kansas I have a lot lower because they did lose Azubuki and Dodson. And I do have Wisconsin right now as the number one team in the Big Ten because they were, I think, leading the Big Ten when everything. They technically did win the Big Ten. They did technically win the Big Ten last year. They didn't lose any players, and they have the perfect Wisconsin team where they have a bunch of good shooters that all average around ten points a game and like six, seven boards. Now I, I like that pick. I just want to say the Big Ten is absolutely loaded. I don't know if we've ever seen the Big Ten this top heavy before. I mean, it's rare that you see teams like Illinois and Iowa up there in the top 10. Um, Wisconsin is obviously great, as you mentioned. And Michigan State, you can't count them out either. Um, And they also have a few more ranked teams, Rutgers, Ohio State, Michigan, all good teams. So the Big Ten is not going to be easy for any of those teams. Um, I think they're all going to push each other around a little bit. I don't think any of them are going to be ranked in the top three, four at the end of the year because they're all going to beat each other. but obviously, I'm, this is biased, but my favorite out of the Big Ten is Iowa. And I think it's hard for me to go against that because of Luca Garza. I think he's going to win player of the year. He's the clear favorite at the moment. Got to keep an eye on – and they did return pretty much every one of their other players aside from Ryan Kreener. Looking at Wisconsin, uh, like you said, they were returning most of their players. They had a really uh, good team last year all around. They're well-coached. Illinois, I think, will be a little better than Wisconsin. I think uh, Ayo Desunmu is the difference maker. He's that clutch. He's that guy you need in big moments at the end of games. He'll hit that big shot. He's proven it over and over again. They also brought back Kofi Coburn. Um, See, so yeah, the Big Ten's loaded. Uh, like you mentioned, Baylor returning all of their players except one. Jared Butler is a player of the year candidate. He's outstanding. Nova has Colin Gillespie. Uh, they're returning a lot of players. They have a nice recruiting class. And Gonzaga, Gonzaga has one of their best recruiting classes ever. Um, they have some great incoming freshmen, including Jalen Suggs. So they're going to be a threat, as always. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I can't say I've ever been quite this excited for a college basketball season. Yeah, with the, the Big Ten just being so loaded. I mean, last year... If the tournament was going to be played, we were going to see 11 out of the 12 Big Ten teams in the tournament. And assuming that the tournament's going to be played again, I think we're going to see the same exact thing. I think we could see up to 11 Big Ten teams in the tournament. And it's just going to be it's going to be chaos in the Big Ten. And I live for chaos yep. in college basketball conferences. 
Season starts in two days. Love to see it. This comes out on Tuesday, one day. And we do have Baylor, Arizona State Wednesday night. I think it got canceled. Oh, did it? I think it got canceled, which is a shame. Wow. A... I saw that their head coach, uh, Baylor's head coach, contracted COVID. Yeah, I think I think it did get postponed or canceled or something. There were a couple games that did get canceled, but we still have... There's a huge slate on it's, Wednesday. Oh, you're it's right. It's a you're huge right. slate. Yeah, huge AS, slate. ASU... Uh, yeah, Baylor withdrew from that uh, tournament, the Empire Classic, and ASU is now facing Rhode Island. Yeah. That's a shame, though. It would have been a great game. Yeah. Is, yeah, there, is there still going to be a lot of those, like, tournaments that we see in just random spots throughout the year? Is that still going to happen this year? I would they, assume not because of COVID. I mean, they are still having – I don't know how they're doing them. I have to look more into it. But, like, for example, this is the Empire Classic. So they are still having tournaments – um, I don't know exactly how they're. Cause like I've, them. I've been to the one in like Hawaii. There's no way. There's yeah. That, there's no way yeah. it's going down. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not going to be the same at all. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be really tough. But I think, I think college basketball will be. I think it'll be fun to watch. It'll be it'll be very. There's gonna be a lot of games canceled. There's that's for sure. But I do think. College basketball this year, especially the kickoff slate, is going to be very fun to watch. Yeah, and you know what? They're playing almost a full slate of games. Yeah. I mean, you play, you play what, 30 regular season games on a regular – is it like 30 or 32 in a regular Something like season? That. And I think a lot of teams are aiming to play around 27. So I think it's great. Um, there's a lot of talent returning, and I don't think this year counts towards eligibility. So we it can doesn't. see some of these great players returning next year. I'm fired up for it, and uh, – Let's get started Wednesday night. All right, and that's going to do – this is going to finish that this episode of Tub Talks. Uh, thank you guys for watching, and we will try and get a better schedule, uh, a more more consistent schedule. Thank we, you for listening. We've been dealing with a lot of, uh, lot of homework, lots of projects, lots of COVID. It's been a tough time, but we'll, we'll be sure to get more consistent.